Lieutenant Rice bent over me, frantically trying to stop the bleeding. Stay with me, Sam. Outside the ship, the stars wheeled in their unending dance. Inside, I was losing feeling in my extremities. Funny, I'd sworn this would be my last voyage. Not like this. Artist Ensemble Theater presents Mysterious Journey, Theater for the Mind. This episode, Morgue Ship, adapted from a short story by Ray Bradbury. For medical specialist Samantha Burnett, death is just a part of the job. The never-ending, soul-destroying job that has her counting the days to her discharge. It began as another routine sweep. Back on Earth, folks thrilled to reports of ship-to-ship battles. Glorious acts of valor out there somewhere in the vast reaches of space, blah, blah, blah. What they never hear about is the cleanup crew. That's me and Rice. See, a ship-to-ship battle in deep space leaves behind debris, twisted hunks of metal that used to be battle cruisers, and frozen bodies floating silently in space. The never-ending war moves to a new sector. Then we come in, retrieving the fallen and sending them home. Target acquired. Roger that. Opening outer airlock doors. I hit the controls that manipulated the giant retrieval claw mounted on the ship's hull. Gently, the mechanical arm rotated, and the claw deposited its fragile cargo inside the open airlock and disengaged. Cargo is aboard. Retracting claw. Closing outer doors. Pressurizing airlock. What's our total? Counting the one we just picked up, we've got 97 corpses aboard the Karen. What kind of name is that anyway? It's Greek. You know, after the ferryman. What? Back on Earth, ancient Greeks believed that the river Styx separated life and death. Charon was the boatman who transported the dead to the other side. That's the reason they used to place coins on the eyes of the dead, to pay the ferryman. How do you know this stuff? Almost 20 years on a morgue ship, you get a lot of reading done. Huh. Opening inner airlock doors. Ready for the new guy, Samantha? Sam. I hear Samantha. Suddenly I'm eight, being sent to the principal. Sam it is. Give me a minute. The exam tables are full up. Take your time. This guy's not going anywhere. I turn to the three bodies in my lab. Most of the exam is automated. I'm just there to supervise. Technically, I'm a medical specialist. Truth is, a monkey could do my job. Machinery collects data, analyzes DNA, and confirms identification. A hatch on the far side of the lab opens to the cargo bay where we stack the dead on shelves, numbered and sealed, preserving the bodies of fallen warriors. God, I was sick of this war, this job, this life. Lieutenant Rice, on the other hand, was shiny and eager. This was his first command. Not my place to tell him he'd pulled a crap assignment. There's no glory commanding a crew of one, me, aboard an aging cargo ship that would never see action. Exams complete for numbers 94, 95, and 96. They have names. They do now. Correction. Exams complete for Ensign Maria Rodriguez, Spaceman Second Class Kenneth Lundquist, and Gunner's Mate James Wong. Good. On my way with 97. Minutes later, I'd transferred three bodies to transport skids. 
ready to be shelved, and Rice showed up with number 97. Three more and we're full up, then back to base, where these brave men and women begin their final voyage home to the green hills of Earth. Yeah. Oh, come on. You're not looking forward to ten days shore leave? Until the next mission, which is the same mission every damn time. What's the matter? Tired? No. I think... I'm through. Stop it. I'm serious. As soon as we get back to base, I'm putting in for a discharge. What? You're just shy of 20 years. You'll lose your pension. Can't do it anymore. I'm done shelving stiffs. Watch your tone. Caring for fallen warriors is an honor. Sir. Yes, sir. Take a break. I'll see to these three. I headed to the bridge and slumped in a chair. Rice was okay. Maybe a little pompous. Or maybe I'm a little cynical. I was burnt out from constantly stacking up corpses. Sometimes I felt like I was one of them. Thing is, you never catch up with war. All the flash, bang, and color is somewhere up ahead. I mean, the, the blinding flares of lasers, the titanic explosions and breathless pursuits, all that stuff was a long way ahead of us, out of sight. We trail along behind the battle, silently, in the dark. When we arrive, there's only wreckage and floating bodies in ruptured spacesuits, mouths open, gasping for air that doesn't exist, and the only sound is your own heartbeat kicking your ribs as you shelve the corpses. You never catch up with war. Sam, check the sensors. Yes, sir. Sensor array is detecting a... Lieutenant, looks like this body is Vendorian. You know the procedure, Sam. Bring the body aboard, ID it for the war office, then return it to the deep. Aye, aye. Engaging retrieval mechanism. Extending claw. Opening outer airlock doors. I snagged the enemy soldier with the claw, and in short order, the Vendorian was on board. At least this was a break in the routine. I joined Rice in the landing bay where he was hovering over the body. Sam, take a look. What? Notice anything? Spacesuits intact, no visible ruptures, but no helmet. You're right, there's something off about this one. What? No! Look closer. Like all Vendorians, this one was weedy looking, pale as milk with a mouthful of needle-tipped teeth. His blaster was still in its side holster. There were some symbols on the chest. Insignia? I didn't recognize. Do you know who this is? No. You're looking at Brax. Who? Wait, isn't that the number two guy after Cree? Yes. Huh, so? So? Another battle, another body. What the hell's the difference? Sam, if Brax was in this sector, so was High Commander Cree. Was being the relevant word. It means our guys hit the flagship. Doesn't mean they got Cree. All due respect, Lieutenant. This war has been seesawing back and forth since you were in what? Sixth grade? I've been prowling through the void, picking up bodies since the start. If, and it's a big if, Cree was in this sector, he's long gone. But it's Brax. Say you're right. What are we going to do? The K-Run's unarmed. No laser cannons, no particle beams. Even personal weapons are forbidden by treaty. Get on the comms. Oh, come on. The fleet is way the hell out of range. It would take us two days to get in communication range of the nearest space station. 
And you think anyone there is going to authorize us to pursue Cree? You're a hell of a patriot, Sam. You spend nearly 20 years stacking up corpses that are burned to the bone. See how patriotic you feel. I tell you, I can't do it anymore. Understood. I'll sign your discharge papers as soon as we... Rice trailed off because a blaster was pointed at his chest. We froze as Brax slowly rose up into a half-crouch. I knew that body looked off. You never catch up with war. What if war catches up with you? How? How'd you stay alive in a vacuum? It's impossible! Brax tapped a tiny crystal stud at his collar. Silently, a microscopically thin, transparent chrysalis peeled away from his face. He shucked it, trailing nearly invisible tendrils leading to a concealed air supply. The triumph in his voice was apparent even through the translator. That is how I stayed alive. Glassite. A helmet made of pure glassite. That technology doesn't exist. It does for Vandorians. Where is your comm unit? Find it yourself. I shall, knowing that I possess the only weapon on board. Remain here. Where are we going to go? Out to the airlock? The Vandorian headed for the bridge. He's smashing the comm unit. Why? There's no ship in range. I'm guessing there's a plan. Before he gets back, we're prisoners of war. Don't give him any info. About what? He's coming. Now we can talk. Commander Brax, you are in violation of interplanetary treaty. Under its terms, you are obligated... My only obligation is to Cree. Cree. Our flagship came under attack, and all but a skeleton crew fled to escape pods. The remaining crew returned fire and then fled, leading your fleet away, sacrificing their lives to aid the High Commander's escape. I was at his side. How were you separated? We cut power so that the escape pod would read like debris until your fleet departed this sector in pursuit of the flagship. The pod had only limited fuel. Our supply was nearly gone when we spotted your ship. Entering the sector once the battle was over. We removed our helmets, replacing them with the glassite prototypes. Then we jettisoned the pod and allowed ourselves to float free, playing dead. We counted on you to follow protocol and retrieve our bodies. And now you're hijacking the K-Run. You won't get away with it. That is both trite and untrue, Lieutenant. Who would suspect a morgue ship of providing safe passage for the Vendorian High Commander? I have programmed your sensors to perform a standard sweep. Once Cree is located, one of you must operate the retrieval mechanism. Not happening. You grow tiresome, Lieutenant. Hey, lower the blaster. No one needs to die here. I'll do it. No, I order you to refuse. Then he shoots you, and I end up doing it anyway. A pragmatist. Delightful. Don't do this. Silence! You, Sam, is it? Go to your station. If I hear that blaster, I'll smash the navigation console. I, too, am a pragmatist. The lieutenant may yet be useful, but for now, he must be prevented from interfering. On my way to the bridge... I thought about the 97 bodies in the cargo bay. Three shelves still empty. Cree and Brax could fill two slots nicely. But how? Brax joined me in the control room where the scanners continued to sweep for free-floating organic matter. That's jargon for bodies. 
Against all odds, the war had caught up with me. Maybe this was a chance to end it. What is that? Sensors have picked up a floater. Check the view screens. We should be in visual range shortly. It's either one of ours or it's Cree. Excellent. What'd you do with Rice? The lieutenant is unharmed. Yeah, but what'd you do? He is locked in the cargo hold with your passengers. If Brax was telling the truth, Rice was okay. I thought about those passengers. Thought about nearly two decades doing a job I hated. Thought about this being my last voyage. I see him. Cut power. We don't want to burn him. On the view screen, the Vendorian High Commander floated into view, doing slow, dreamy cartwheels in the starry void. I cut the engines, and the Karen began to drift. We need to be closer. Relax. The Karen is coming into range, nice and easy. We'll be near enough to operate the retrieval claw within minutes. Once Cree is safely aboard, you will join your lieutenant in the hold. Once we reach Vendorian territory, you and your ship will be released. Good to know. I was starting to have crazy thoughts. If Cree could be captured, it could bring an end to the war. An end to shelves stacked high with dead soldiers. The ferryman could finally rest. Brax was riveted to the view screen, watching Cree slowly revolve. Like Brax, Cree had a blaster strapped to his suit. That was a problem. Once Cree boarded the Karen, there'd be two armed Vendorians. If I was going to try something, it had to be now. The only advantage Rice and I had was that we knew every inch of the ship. Hey, Brax, I'll need you to keep the body in view while I extend the retrieval claw. Let me know if we start to drift off target. Understood. Get on with it. As I worked the controls for the claw, my shoulder blades were itching like a target was surfacing right between them. Think! Brax needs to be taken off guard. Shocked! Think! The Karen did have a weapon. One that could end a war. I glanced back. Brax had the view screen zoomed in on Cree. Behind his glassite helmet, Cree's eyes opened. He saw the Karen and began to smile, knowing rescue was at hand. Brax stayed glued to the screen as, with dreamlike slowness, the claw glided toward Cree. After all these years, I could do this in my sleep. Gently, the metal claw encircled the body and cradled it safely. Perfect. With a savage twist, I tightened the claw into a fist, crushing the High Commander to a bloody pulp. Sam! 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 Hey, Lieutenant. Right on time. You get Brax? With his own blaster. Careful. Your hero complex is showing. Sam, are you hit? Yeah. I wasn't quick enough. Easy. I nearly laughed out loud when Brax said he'd locked you in the hold. Like there's only one door. I've been listening from the other side of the hatch, waiting for my moment. I figured. Okay, Sam. I'm going to turn you. Oh! oh. Yeah, I'm going to see how bad... Oh, God. Uh, hell with it. I said this was my last trip. Stay with me, Sam. Can't. It's not so bad. Kind of nice to think of all the soldiers who will never board the Karen. Just kids, most of them. Years go by and the shelves fill up over and over. Rice. Yeah? Cargo holds not full. 
supposed to be full before we head back. Forget it. We gotta get you to the doctors on base. Three shelves left. Brax is 98. Don't you quit on me, Sam. You're going home a hero. Not my style. Cree is 99. Sam, don't! Time to cross the river Styx. One hundred. Morgue Ship was adapted by Margaret Rather and produced by Artists Ensemble Theatre, with Carolyn Cadigan as Sam, David Causey as Lieutenant Rice, and Russell Constance as Brax. While stages around the world remain dark, Artists Ensemble Theatre is producing theatre for the mind. If you can, please support AET's podcast by donating or pledging monthly. Pledges start at $5 a month. Visit artistsensemble.org to learn more. Remember, the word artists is plural. <laughs>